Welcome to class number three in the disciple-making class. Uh, this is Kevin Thompson uh, teaching you again here. This is a teacher's guide for our journey series. Um, what we've done the first two classes, we looked at the first two studies in our Discover part of the series, uh, Discovering God, uh, the Heart of Seeking God, and the second study of Seeking God through Scripture. And hopefully as we're studying with our friends and helping them through their faith journey, we've established that, hey, we are going to let the Bible speak and be the authority, and we're going to seek truth from God through His Word. And so as we continue uh, on this journey together, um, that is our goal here. And uh, we're going to switch gears to what we're calling the Belong uh, uh, series in this study of the journey. There is going to be one more study in the Discover series. There'll be a third study, and that's going to be mainly about uh, who is Jesus. And I might do another class about that. Um, Some people that we study the Bible with will have a pretty good handle on who Jesus is. Uh, They've probably grown up in church. They've read a little of the Bible. That's a lot of the people that we uh, come in touch with. But there are many people who... This is new information. They, they don't really have uh, any foundation on, on Jesus. And think, if, we, if we're studying with somebody that comes from that type of background, it is important to take a little step back and talk about Jesus, because this next study on belonging is going to be about following Jesus. And if someone is, has a lot of questions in just who Jesus is, it's probably important that you do that third Discover study on uh, who is Jesus. And um, uh, if you don't do that study together, at least someone can, can go through on their own, uh, read that study. Uh, have, you can have some questions about that. What'd you think about that study with, about Jesus? Um, but uh, not absolutely necessary for everybody you study the Bible with to, to do that study together, but it is an option there. So that is the Discover number three study. For this class, we're going to go through the Called by Christ part of the Belong series. So in this faith journey, as we're setting up the Bible study, we're looking at this heart of how God is always seeking us, how we should take steps to seek God. Uh, How do we do that? By, By prayer, by opening our hearts to God, by asking those questions, by looking to God's Word uh, for answers looking to Jesus uh, for those answers. And here, we don't, we're not just having this, this calling to, to find the truth, but we want to have, God is calling us into this relationship, to this belonging, to this new identity that we'll be talking about. That's why we're calling this belonging, belonging. So the study called by Christ And there's five studies in this Belong series, Called by Christ, Loved by Christ, Changed by Christ, Saved by Christ, and the fifth study is Partners in Christ. And so along this journey of of belonging, uh, we're going to see it all centers around Jesus Christ, all centers around Jesus Christ. So here we are, Mark 1 verse 16 through 20, and I love this study called by Christ. It just, the the uh, the Bible studies 
we'll go to a whole new gear in this study because we're going to really look at Jesus, what he says it means to follow him. This is great inspirational calling. This study should be an inspiration. It should be challenging. Uh, There are a lot of fastballs here that Jesus throws that they're right down the middle. And um, this, this is a very exciting study. And I believe God works through these scriptures in, in powerful ways. So, um, uh, so of course, follow up how they're doing, questions they've had in reading the Bible. Are you reading the Bible daily? How is that going? Are you trying to pray more? How is that going? Um, answer some questions. Well, let's look at this study. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 20. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the very beginning, Mark chapter 1. Jesus is calling the very first disciples. Well, let's look at what his call was. And you read the scripture, have them read it, or you read it, or again, hopefully at this point, you've got somebody else joining in the studies, where there's at least, you know, the person you're studying with and and, and you, uh, plus maybe one other person. In verse 16, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he got a little farther, he saw James and Zebedee and his brother John in the boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So here's Jesus calling the very first people to follow him. That's the call, right? Come and follow me. Okay? So they were to be the call to follow him. What was their response? That's a question. How did they respond? And it was immediate. It was radical. How do you think they felt about this? Um, I think one point to make is that following Jesus has always been a radical step. It, it always takes courage, and it's going to take courage for you or me or anybody to, to step out and follow Jesus, and, and it was immediate. It was immediate. This wasn't the first time they'd heard Jesus. They knew he was a rabbi. They'd heard his teachings. They'd been inspired by him. Actually, I think they were very excited that they were being called to follow this rabbi. It was an honor. It was a privilege to be uh, a student to a rabbi, to be mentored by a rabbi. And uh, Jesus was extraordinary. And I think even their father was pretty excited about it. Um, You know, they had family responsibilities. They they were working the family business. It was a big deal. It was a big shift for Zebedee and his sons for, for them to go and leave and follow Jesus. Now, this is going to be a big shift for you. If you haven't been following Jesus for your life, to follow Jesus, it is going to take a step of courage. But what else did he call them to do? To be a fisher of men. Come follow Jesus, and I will make you fishers of men. Ask, what do you think that means? Well, they're going to go fish for people. They're going to go um, join with Jesus in his mission and his ministry. Isn't that interesting? I always like to bring out all the different things Jesus could have said. If he's trying to recruit people to follow him, he could have said a lot of really cool things to to, to make it sound really, really awesome. Come follow me and you're going to see miracles, right? Come follow me and you're you're going to hear the voice of God. Come follow me and you're going to 
you are going to, I don't know, fill in the blank, go to heaven one day. I mean, the used car salesman would say all these really cool things to make it sound really, really awesome. These are true things. Jesus says, come follow me and I'm going to make you something. Come follow me and I'm going to use you for the purposes of God. And I think Jesus absolutely is strategic here. And he knows what he's doing, and he knows what makes our hearts uh, come alive. That he's given us purpose, and he's given us mission. And I believe the same thing today, that God not only wants to save our souls, but he wants to partner with us. He wants us to partner with him and his work. And that's inspirational, that our lives mean something, that we're making a difference And I believe that's what God wants to do with every one of our lives. I believe as you go through this first scripture, that should inspire us that God wants us to partner with him in his mission and ask, what do you think about that? Do you think God wants to use you, wants to use you to to help other people to know about him, to change their eternal destination? Wow, what an amazing calling it is. And then go to the next scripture, Acts chapter 11. I think this is kind of a, just a, a little uh, side note, but it's, it's kind of interesting to, to say this, you know, because we talk a lot about coming and, and being a disciple of Jesus. And here in Acts 11, verse 25 and 26, it says that Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So this is a decade or so after Jesus has died, after he's risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. And his church has been going on for for about 10 or 11 years, and they're, they're preaching the word all over the place. A lot of people are becoming followers of Jesus. But here we see for the very first time in Antioch, they take upon a new name, Christian. It wasn't that there weren't Christians for 10 years. Of course, they were Christians. They just weren't called that. And perhaps it was a derogatory term. Perhaps people were saying, hey, look at those guys. They're acting just like Christ and teaching just like Christ did. Oh, those Christians. I don't know. It could have been. But I think for the disciples of Jesus, it was a compliment that that's exactly what we're striving to do. We're striving to live as Jesus lived, to teach what he taught. We are followers. We are disciples of Jesus. When we look in the Bible, we're not going to find the word Christian very often. It's only in the Bible three times. But what Jesus is going to talk about, what his followers are going to talk about, is what it means to be a disciple. Being a disciple of Jesus is the same thing as you and I would, would think of being a Christian. Being a Christian is not a more lukewarm version of being a disciple of Jesus. Sometimes we hear the word disciple and it sounds like that really radical Rambo Christian. No, a disciple of Jesus is a Christian. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus. And we got to make sure that we are defining Christianity, what it means to be a Christian, by what Jesus says it means to be a disciple. Let's say we went to the mall and interviewed 100 people and we asked him, do you consider yourself a Christian? How many people you think would say yes? I don't know, half, 70%, 30%, I don't know. We should do it sometime. But then we followed up with the next question, do you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus? 
I would think that number might be a little bit lower because in our minds, we have a, a, a difference in our minds of what it means to be a Christian. Oh, well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I, I go to church on Easter and Christmas. I don't really live my life to follow him that much, but, I, but uh, one day I hope to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's the way in our society, in our quote-unquote Christian world, uh, which is becoming a lot more less Christian, by the way, um, we got to be careful we're not just following society's norm of Christianity, but Jesus's definition of Christianity. And that's what we're looking at today. The call of Jesus to follow him is the call of Christianity. And that's the definition we're trying to define and follow here in our lives today. So let's look at that. Let's look at what Jesus says it means to follow him. And I got to warn you, these are some very challenging scriptures, but they're also very inspirational. Let's look at Luke 9, verse 23 through 25. This will be the third scripture. And here Jesus is going to talk about what it means to follow him what it means to be his disciple, what it means to be a Christian. He says to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for a man uh, or someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. You know, when I was a teenager and, and I really looked at the scripture and I it was presented to me from some people trying to help me spiritually. This passage really kicked me in the gut in a, full, in a good way because I knew that I was not following Jesus. I was not denying myself. I was, in fact, living for myself. And I knew that if I wanted to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that I was going to have to make some changes. I was going to have to start denying myself. And the thing that came in my mind very, you know, first was just sin in my life. And I think this is an opportunity right here in the study to, to, to get very, very real, you know, to share about your own life, you know, to say, you know what, I had to make changes. I had, I was going to parties and, and, and getting drunk and, and I had bad language and there was impurity in my life and these types of things. You could share these things. It's like, you know, I knew I needed to make some changes. I needed to deny myself to follow Jesus. What about you? And here's where that window of reality starts, starts happening. It's like, where, what about you? What do you think? If you were to really deny yourself and follow Jesus, are there some things in your life do you feel like you'd really need to make changes in? Wow. This is where, again, you start going to four-wheel drive in a Bible study. You start, it gets real, it gets deep. And this, but this is those, those life-changing moments. And I think you don't have to talk about every little thing in their life at this point, but but just this this real this this honesty is like yeah okay I appreciate you sharing those things and you know um, that if we are really going to be Christians then 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 let's 
really do it, right? Let's just do that. And if you want to follow Jesus, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to look at in your life and decisions you're going to have to make. He says to, to take up your cross and follow me. What do you think he meant by that? Draw them out. Let them have a little time to respond. The cross was the, an event, a, a symbol of torture, death, shame, it was uh, take up your electric chair, you know, the, 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 the most brutal form of punishment, most severe form of punishment reserved only for the worst of criminals. And Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And I think they will know more and more as Jesus did go to the cross, what that meant that we live a life of self-sacrifice that we lay our lives down for the Lord and for others. And that is the life of Christianity. The cross is not only our salvation, but it is a way of life for Christians. And uh, I think that's great for us as we study the Bible with our friends. I mean, these are those scriptures that still pick our hearts, right? That still inspires, that still challenge us. And I think even for us, as we are studying the Bible with others, am I taking up my cross? Am I laying my life down for the Lord? Am I laying my life down sacrificially for my brothers, for my friends, as Jesus has for me? This is the life of Christianity. Let's look at Luke 14, a few chapters later. There are a few little short parables that Jesus gives us here in trying to understand what it means to follow Jesus with all of our hearts, laying down our lives and following him. In verse 25, large crowds are traveling with Jesus. And I think just, just make, drawing that out, I mean, people were excited about Jesus. They loved his, his compassion and his, uh, the miracles they saw and all these things. There's so many things that are exciting about Jesus. But then he turns to them. Look what he says. He says, if anyone comes to me, does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. This scripture, it sounds a little off when you first read it. Could he really be saying that? Hate your mom and dad? And well, that does stand out to us. So we got to think about it a little bit. Obviously, that would contradict other passages, how we're to honor our father and mother. He's not saying you pick up the phone and you tell your mom you hate her or tell your kids you hate them. He's, he's, he's making a very strong statement about relational priorities. Jesus knows what's most important to us. It's not our stuff. It's relationships, right? It's, it's our family. It's our friendships. It's our children. It's our spouse. Even it's just our own life. We love ourselves. He says, I've got to be number one. There could be no other relationship that competes with me. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? I mean... Jesus knew that sometimes you're going to have to make a call between doing what your family wants and doing what God wants. And that certainly that has happened to many, many people. 
that God is going to have to be first in our life. Following Him, following Jesus has got to be first over every relationship. Now, that's challenging. That's challenging. Verse 28 through 30, read that. He talks about just estimating the cost. You know, I think a lot of people get into Christianity without knowing what's really what it really takes, right? He says, you need to think about it. You know, you don't just... You know, most, most marriages that, that uh, when you meet somebody and just go, go to Vegas and get married, you know, elope. You've known somebody for like a day. <laughs> I, I think probably the, the track record of those, success, those marriages being successful is probably very, very low. Um, they don't know what they're getting into. They don't really know each other. I, I, same way, it's like, man, if you just have an emotional response to Jesus, you know, go to a really inspirational church service or a concert and you have this emotional response, but you don't really take inventory of your life and your heart and your commitment. Am I willing, am I ready to lay down my life, to surrender my life and commit it to Jesus? And and, and that's what we're striving to do here. I believe following Jesus is absolutely the best way to live our lives. Absolutely. But we have to understand what it is, what it means for us to be able to make that decision. Verse 31 through 33, Jesus gives us a small, short parable, a king going to war against another king, right? And he realizes that he's going to lose the battle, so he should surrender over. And I think similarly, we should realize, we, you know, we can fight the Lord if we want to, but you know what? You're going to lose. No one has ever won against God, and you never will. Our Response should be complete surrender. And we see what that, the terms of that surrender is. It's everything. He says you have to give up everything you have to be a follower of Jesus. That's the stakes. That's what it costs. Everything we have. You know, um, becoming a disciple of Jesus, everything changes. The way we think about everything. We, we, we don't own anything, do we? I mean, we don't own our houses anymore, our cars, or anything, because we realize this is the Lord's. I've given it over. I've given Him all my money. I've given Him my time. I've given Him my heart, my ambitions. And, and the thing is, God, God gives us these things back, but we realize that they're His. So we want to use what He's given us to honor Him, to use our homes, to use our money to be, and be good stewards and do good things, to use our time to honor Him. We can't say, oh, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to read my Bible. I mean, it's God's time. I mean, we, we need to rearrange our time, our schedules, to make sure we're honoring God because we remember that we've given over everything for Jesus Christ. Very different way of thinking. Very different way of thinking. But Jesus says, this is what it means this is what it means to be my disciple. So what do you think as you read these scriptures? Man, this is challenging. Man, this is, this is, this is pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, it is. It's so inspirational, isn't it? You know, I think this study, I, I stopped the study here right after Luke 14 because I think there's so many things to chew on there, so many challenging things. And I think just ending the study with, look, there's so many other passages we look at at what it means to follow Jesus. Um, and the things I wrote here, one question is, do you have the desire to surrender your life over to Jesus? 
You know, most people aren't going to be there at this point. Some may, you know. Like, but if, if you really trust him, there should be no fear or hesitation. Because we trust that he, what he's challenging us to do, that this is going to be what's best for us. And it's going to bring us the most rich and treasured life when we have this trust in him. You know, next study we do is, is going to really be about why we give our lives over to Jesus. Because we are convinced that he loves us so much. The love of God, the love of Christ is what, what motivates us, what changes us, what shapes us, what makes us trust Him as we see His love. It, it, it's, it's so powerful. And we're going to look at that very clearly next time we get together. But what changes in your life can you make right now? What can you make? Do you want to follow Jesus with your life? Is that an ambition of yours? Do you want your heart to get there? Well, you know what? You can make changes today. You know what? You can stop cursing today. That's something you can do pretty easily, to be honest. You know, there's certain things like, I want to honor God. Jesus, I want to, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to start handing these things over to you. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, I guarantee you, as you open these scriptures with your friends, uh, as you yourselves teach these scriptures, it's going to, to challenge you. It's going to challenge them. God will be working in powerful ways. Um, and encourage them to set up the next study about the love of Jesus, how we're saved by Jesus. Um, but we are called to, to, to be disciples, to be Christians, and it's, it's putting Jesus first in everything that we do. This is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. So have fun. Uh, may God be with you as you continue this, this ministry of Jesus and as we do our very best to keep these standards, the same standards that Christ has given us to follow him. We, we have no business to water those down. This is what Jesus gave us and this is what we need to continue to uphold because our, these are the standards he gave us. Okay, um, have fun in the workshops this coming week. Uh, we might do the workshop a little bit different than the role-playing. I'll give some instructions about that. But it's been encouraging to hear um, how God's been working through these times. Until next time, we'll uh, see you then.